Welcome to Women's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we are all queens as we discuss Hop Hideout's ninth birthday collaboration beer. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. All right, today we are joined by Tash and Jules. Hello, ladies. Very Hi. pleased to welcome, have welcome. you. Welcome. Um, Tori's not going to drink today, so I've just seen her with her cup of tea. Boom. She's not feeling very well today, so she's she's going to be sensible and just have tea and Insensible for once, for yeah. once in my life, I'd yeah. be insensible. So <laughs> that's on recording and you can't yeah. take saying that back. No, you can't you. take that back. <laughs> uh, so she's going to be sensible and she's going to live vicariously through the rest of us. But um, if you would like to tell us, Tash and Jules, where are you from? Why are you here? Why are we drinking this delicious beer that we've got here today? Oh, well, thanks for uh, um, having me on the podcast. Uh, long time listener. So, uh, yeah, it's good, to, it's good to be on. I know, yeah. And we met for the first time back yeah. in March, didn't we, of this year uh, yeah. when you came, when you both came up to Sheffield. So, uh, yeah, so it's kind of all uh, snowballed from there really as well. <laughs> Um, so my name's Jules Gray. I uh, live and run a beer business in Sheffield. Uh, it's called Hop Idow. It's a little independent beer shop. Um, I do lots of other bits and bats in the beer scene for my sins. Um, so one of them being Sheffield Beer Week, which is a citywide annual um, sort of beer celebration that's been going on in Sheffield uh, in, since 2015. Um, so we're going to be celebrating some, some big ones uh, next year. And also uh, run a, a started a craft beer festival, um, just a little boutique one uh, in Sheffield, OBS, um, called Indie Beer Feast. And that's been going since about 2018. Um, so, yeah, that's me in a, in a little nutshell. Um, and hey, folks, I'm um, Tasha Wolf. I am a um, longtime fan of the podcast and also a friend of Jules. Um, I have worked in the beer industry for quite a while and I am the marketing manager at Mother Kelly's in London. But on top of that, I am co-founder of Crafty Beer Girls, which is mainly why I'm here today with some great women within the beer industry. So, yeah, thanks so much for having me as an add-on guest. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've got to say, while we're talking about Crafty Beer Girls, I I now work in the beer industry as well. I don't think I would be where I am today if it hadn't been for Crafty Beer Girls because... Aww. I joined the Facebook group. Then I went to Wildcard for International Women's Day in 2019. Yeah. And then it kind of, it snowballed from there. And, you know, here we all are now today. So if you... Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, thank you for doing that. I mean, it's part of why uh, the beer that we're drinking now, the one that we've all um, started on... Um, it kind of came about a little bit really because so Hop Hideout celebrates its or celebrated its ninth birthday so I've been around for nine years which is amazing um I just it seems so quick but yet so long it's 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 really difficult to sort of um I know we've all been in that situation when uh you know you can't believe it's that length of time but um um part of the reason why I wanted to do this uh collab uh beer which is a sort of a flavored um sort of strongish stout 
um, was because Crafty Beer Girls were really, um, uh, really uh, beneficial and supportive for me in the pandemic. Um, it was just kind of a, I, I've never actually been able to a attend in person until recently. And um, it was just really, really good and supportive and, and like I say, beneficial mentally, having a group of people that, that I could, that sort of would we checked in on weekly um, at some points. Um, I found that really, um, really positive. And obviously Tasha, who sort of founded it and, and that, that helps with a lot of the events as well now. Um, they they've just been really um, supportive in, in a lot of things that I do, and I just wanted to do this collaboration, really celebrating all these sort of amazing women that I know in the beer scene that that maybe um, you know a wider network of people don't know, and if more women can find out about the Crafty Beer Girls, that's great. I know it's it's sort of spawned its own little Manchester offshoot, yeah. hasn't it? Um, that Francesca runs um, helps run, and. Um, yeah, uh, uh, and for me, wildcard, Jager's such a legend, isn't she? And I just felt she was a really underrated brewer. Um, and I don't think so much anymore now that she's got a book out and she's won, like, <laughs> Brewer of the Year and she's yeah. won various, you know. I think, you know, she's pretty much featured, it seems to be, uh, you know, everywhere you look on social media and, uh, and various sort of magazines. Um, but, you know, I feel for quite a few years she's been a bit underrated as a brewer and I really wanted to kind of, I was a bit scared to ask her, actually. I thought she might say no, um, but she didn't, uh, which was lovely. And um, we sort of came together at our one sort of wintry day in the beginning of October. And I, I went down to Walthamstow. Um, Tash came along as well and another, another crafty beer girl, uh, Manuela. And we sort of helped kick off the brew, as it were, for the collaboration. So, yeah, what do you think, Joe? Oh, I'm cracked open yet. Yeah, so I was going to say yes. I've been listening. I'm like, <laughs> it's, um, uh, so it's I am the queen, and it's chocolate maple and pecan stout at six point nine percent. Let's get this Ooh. open. Got my wild card glass. Put it in. Um, I'm getting FOMO. I, <laughs> it's just going to be a lot now. I love the oh. connection though that that Joe went to the. Yeah. Uh, International Women's Club Brew Day, which obviously happens in March around International yeah. Women's Day, and that obviously Tash and myself uh, came together to brew this uh, collab at the brewery with Jager. So it's it, it's a nice little kind of um, yeah, synergy all, there across us all. Yeah, all connects nicely together. And um, I saw Jager at um, the Brewers Congress the other day, and um, she was like, "Oh, you're going to do this? Have you tried the, the beer yet?" And I was like, "No, I haven't tried it yet because I'm saving it for it." She's she's like, I think I'm gonna to be too busy to come on. And then I text Tori and was just like, so I was talking to Jager and she's like, Yeah, right, stop name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I believe the conversation actually went, Yes, I just name dropped. And I was like, Yes, I was about to just tell you not to name drop. <laughs> and so uh, I was just uh, talking to Jager earlier. She went, I was talking to I was talking to Jager not to name drop. <laughs> oh, she's so down to earth yeah. She's brilliant. Yeah, she's, I've met her a few times at various uh, festivals and events, and she's just she's just really down to earth and lovely. Yeah, what I've um, what I love is like um, one of the catalysts in Crafty Beer Girls Growing was attending the International Women's Brood Collaboratory Day at Wildcard consecutive years in a row. Um, but also, just Jager would come down to the monthly meetups 
um, that we had um, quite regularly. Um, she still does. But um, I thought that was, you know, really nice to always have this sort of, you know, like um, a brewer amongst us yeah. more often than not. Um, and no matter how busy or, you know, how much on TV she gets and stuff like that. Um, yeah, she's just, you know, really solid person. So, yeah. yeah, I feel very, very happy that we're here and we can raise glasses to all these great women. Yeah. yeah and I think like cheers listening to Joe talk That's about nice. her experience. Oh, cheers with my tea. Super fun. <laughs> um, I think hearing Joe's experience with, um, you know, International Women's Collaboration Brew Day, like when we first started talking when we first started the podcast really is like you know that really positive experience going down to wildcard and maybe going outside comfort zones and going you know by yourself and like that's that inspired me to be like actually I want to go and do an international because I always kind of thought like oh I don't know I don't know if I could do it I don't know if it would be for me and then she's like no of course of course you can and that kind of inspired me to go out and do it and I think it was kind of the same thing of like with the Crafty Beer Girls group. Uh, she was talking about how great it was. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I should, I, I, you know, I'm not in the industry. I don't think I should really join that. And Joe's like, no, of course you can. And then like since going into that group, I feel like I've seen like lots of really good conversations and really good support. And I've not been able to get to a meetup myself um, either, just because it always falls on a day when I've got something going on. So I can't get into London or, or where it's happening. But um I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like there is a lot of really good people that are having like really good meaningful conversations so um but it is just it's really funny Jules hearing you be like oh I was scared to act like I was scared to ask like Jacob because I feel like that would be like I'd be like no I'm scared like you (laughs) have a whole business like (laughs) you shouldn't be scared like you're good like I feel like I'd be the person that's scared so it's almost comforting to know that there's someone else that (laughs) that would also feel well well deserved like to be able to go and ask that that I'm not the only person that would be able to kind of feel somewhat intimidated like it's nice to know that even if you are really successful you kind of do still have that level of like oh no that's oh like it it makes me feel not alone and it's comforting to know that I do I do think it is especially with how the beer industry is growing um it's growing so fast and there is some competition but I always try and remind myself it's just beer at the end of the day and beer should bring people together so by not doing something or not joining in on something I'm only I'm only going to like deprive myself of that like making those connections and sharing that extra beer um and there's also like you know there's I've learned there's so many women and just good folk out there that I'm like yeah you you'll only learn or make another friend yeah 100 percent. and I think we're all we're all slightly different aren't we in you know how our personalities and our traits and and things like that and I think that um you know I, I, I probably describe myself as quietly confident and maybe not sort of the, the sort of the you know the loudest person in the room but um and I think you know, sometimes, especially being in business, I've had to kind of learn to put myself forward a little bit more um, for obvious reasons, you know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and it's been a bit of a journey in that respect, um, especially sort of when you're kind of the, you know, the face, as it were, of your of your business as well. Um, it's uh, it can be kind of a, a huge learning curve. And and um, yeah, I guess I'm not. I think maybe again it probably stems from from childhood and other things like that but you know I, I you know I used to be quite shy and and um again I've sort of had to 
I suppose through my passions when I get really into something and you know geeky about it I'm I'm confident to talk about it um and you know having groups and um you know like Nat that does crafty beer girls with Tash runs her virtual beer school you know even me as someone that's worked in the trade uh for sort of 15 plus years you know I still went on that course because there's things that you question when you're self-taught yeah and um I think it's really I found it really beneficial to have more of a um you know a sort of theoretical and industry knowledge base which is quite difficult in this industry to find courses really um you know they're either very expensive and very specific like Harriet Watt or University of Nottingham which not everyone can access afford to access or or have the time or or you know in my case I might feel like well you know I'm in my 40s now am I really going to go off and do do that um or you've got you know your uh, institute of brewing and distilling qualifications but again they can seem quite relevant to, towards brewing or packaging and things like that um there used to be the beer academy courses but I think um I'm not sure what's happened in the pandemic but they sort of seem to have fallen by the wayside a little bit so Cicerone is one of the only kind of things that seems to be a constant um, industry standard um, and that obviously helps uh, people uh, undertake the learning to, to sort of study the Cicerone if they want to obviously people don't have to but I just found it really it, it gave me confidence and, and that's that's helped uh, a lot in um, being an independent you know person in business as well. I don't know where I was going with that tangent. To be <laughs> no, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I loved. I loved what you said. Like quietly confident because I was like, it, you started with like, you know, it's how we're all different. That's really great. Quietly confident, and I was like, I love that because yes, like we are different. I am loudly unconfident. <laughs> like I would, <laughs> I would say that I'm probably very loudly unconfident. Um, I don't hesitate to be like, yeah, no don't know like just, just absolutely and and I and I do tend to like um put more I, I definitely put myself down I feel like that's just that's how I am I'm yeah, very um it, it's very like I've got a very dark sense of humor as it is anyways and there's a lot of like self-deprecating humor in there um so that's why I would say probably quite loudly unconfident and self-deprecating um but yeah it is that thing of like I might have this knowledge but even so you know I mean even like not like I'm not in the industry that is not I say this again this is what Joe usually shouts me because it's like well you do a podcast well but I always see myself as like the beer adjacent person like my day job is not beer so I always tend to question myself as well where I start going like I know that I know the answer to this and I know that like if I'm drinking a beer and I'm kind of analyzing a beer and I like I know a style like I know style guidelines if I don't know it I don't hesitate to go and google to try to see like am I actually picking this up right am I picking up the hops right am I doing this and I'm doing that um but I found like you know you, you put you put something out there on like a Facebook group or something and people start you know chiming in on that and then you start to question yourself where you're like oh do I actually know this and then and then you kind of start becoming like less and less confident of like oh now I'm afraid to get engaged in these conversations because maybe I I thought that I knew the right thing and I'd go to Joe like I'm thinking like I'm having this and this is what I think I'm tasting like does that sound right to you and she's like yeah it's fine you're good um so you're definitely not alone in that (laughs) certainly not alone in that it's it's like the it's like I go to Joe as as my you know 
approval board of like yeah I think it's like this can you just co-sign that for me <laughs> she's like co-sign yeah. done out yeah, of it co-sign all the stuff for her but even at like I've I'm a certified cicerone I still have moments where I'm like oh am I right about that yeah yeah and so really good one the other day and actually Tori I've been meaning to tell you about this and I forgot um oh when we get scoop now. <laughs> when we started the podcast we did an episode about about Germany and about Oktoberfest and we dared to call a glass mass a stein got like got absolutely dragged by someone for it um the other week a quite well-known lager brewery in the uk put their glasses out made out glass called it a stein not a single person corrected them and i was like "Mm, i'm just gonna be quiet about that you did not tell me about that but (laughs) gonna be Um, really quiet because i think it's interesting like the points where people question like and the people that get questioned and the people that don't get questioned I always find that very oh, interesting yeah yeah I mean always, yeah, yeah. we've all we've all probably had experiences of that isn't it and yeah. I think that is why often I I've, I stopped engaging with various Facebook yeah. groups because um you know it, it was always me that for some reason there'd be always be a guy um yeah pick me up on something and would get into some sort of rabbit hole um, mm. thread and uh, it would just end up with me being attacked basically yeah. for having an opinion um, and there really didn't seem to be any other explanation about the fact they didn't that person didn't like the fact that a woman has an opinion on yeah beer. I've, I've yeah. seen that and then it's yeah. like to, that's that's I mean I've seen examples firsthand where you know somebody's really nitpicky with someone that you know but then it comes to like another you know that's just like another man post something and and they go yeah cool yeah I really like this beer as well and you're like hang on like you know this the style guidelines that they're talking about on like there's something about what's described that's like factory actually not particularly correct but like mm. but that's okay um and I, I've I've seen that firsthand and I've, I've been involved in that firsthand and it is incredibly yeah. frustrating but I think in a way, that, so I've stopped engaging us, as well yeah I know but I think in a way all of us here are sort of generally probably take take the ne- negatives and turn them into positives yeah. you know actually let's go and create our own thing yeah you know like me I'm gonna put on my own beer festival and I'm gonna make sure that you know we champion the every welcome everyone welcome initiative that we're you know we're family friendly in the day sessions you know that we have no music in the first session on a friday to accommodate sort of other, other folks nice. um you know like i i can do all of the, these things um myself really so and you know the same with tash and 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 joe and tori and you two you know we, we've just sort of gone actually we're going to go out and do our own thing and make a really positive thing out of this and create our own communities. Um, so I, I try to see the positive in these things, yeah. really. Um, definitely. And Tori, just coming back to what you were saying, like, you know, how you don't maybe don't feel like you're within the industry, but without the consumer, beer doesn't exist. Like, there are brewers, like, brewers want other brewers to like their beers. Um, but beers brewed for, you know, enjoyment, it's pretty much become a commodity within like you know the UK um culture um so yeah I feel that like whenever you question yourself a little bit it'll be like "Mm." like without you know without the consumer you can't really there wouldn't really be the industry and it wouldn't have gone through so much growth 
and then also like you know I feel that the more it's okay to kind of question yourself because then I'm always like even if I feel I've drank a style time and time again I get out one of I love collecting craft beer books and the more that are written by women the more I'm like I have to get that even though I probably have a book on that subject by someone else I'm gonna get this one um yeah so I just you know try and read a chapter about that style and maybe cross reference different chapters and I'm just like oh I forgot about that or I didn't recall that the first time I read that and it becomes a bit it becomes like um so you sort of cement your understanding because you know styles are evolving so much um and I also think you know there's a lot of American breweries recreating British styles and British um folk creating American or you know European styles so I think it's quite nice to reflect back on sort of the rules and this you know the actual you know certified you know um styles and information plus seeing what's being created nowadays and appreciating how that's evolving um which is quite fun yeah absolutely such a good tip (laughs) I was gonna say I, I I definitely do that where it's like when I do question myself I'm like actually let me go back and let me look and then I'll go like okay what hops are in it and then I start looking up you know the hops because I might go like okay style wise there's something that's a little bit different about this style and then I go okay what hops were used and I start looking at the hops and I go oh actually well maybe it's because this hop is being used and it's bringing this element that you typically don't find in that style and I find it so I do find it really interesting and and fascinating and fun it's more it becomes a hindrance when you want to talk about it and then you're afraid to talk about it because you're afraid that like okay if I say the wrong thing it's like you're jumping into the shark tank sort of thing yeah but the positive of that is actually I find that like the nerdy side of it for lack of a better way to describe it quite fun and interesting and I like seeing how two styles with two different sets of hops in it like the same style two different sets of hops can taste so varied and that's what makes beer so interesting and like you said seeing a British brewery trying to do an American like their interpretation of an American style and an American brewery doing their interpretation of like a traditional British style is really really interesting um that that is for me that is part of the fun I think definitely yeah, definitely. Can't say too much because um, it, it's um, um, probably not for me to say. However, back uh, in March when we did this sort of online um, event for Sheffield Beer Week and it was kind of like how to research or start a, like a beer research project. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had Dr. Christina Wade, um, who's brilliant. Um, she's based in Ireland, um, but has American roots. And she's just phenomenal. So I'd, I'd recommend anywhere, anyone to go and find Dr. Christina Wade out. But she, uh, so there was her, Ron Patterson. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think who else. Or oh, Tim that does the Brewery History Society. Um, um, and a couple of other people on. And she's mentioned that she's going to be doing a book, uh, which hopefully will be out next year, more around women in beer. Um, so that'd be something to look forward to Tash and everybody yeah I have to keep an eye yeah I follow her she's um she's really interesting 
I can't remember a Twitter handle. Maybe we can share it afterwards. We'll find it. We'll find I it just went to go there. try to Google yeah. and then I was like, I was like, I'll just leave the name up and I'll look for it after. Yeah. Yeah. We'll add, it, add it to the show notes so everyone can find it. We'll add it to the show notes. It's not yeah. it's not her name, but um, but um, but we'll we'll get it we'll get it shared yeah. afterwards because everyone should follow her because she's she just does, does some brilliant research in this field and in the wider field of fermentation. Amazing. Um yeah. Um, this beer does exactly what it says on the tin, by the way. Oh, Chocolate, maple, pecan. It's exactly what I'm getting. It is delicious. Oh, good. We kind of so wanted good. to make like an accessible, because the birthday's mm. in November. It's more wintry. I wanted to do sort of a wintry beer, but we wanted to do like an accessible, um, you know, flavoured, stronger stout. A bit of a guilty pleasure, you know, yeah. something that's sort of to, to bring people in um into you know the biggest stout sphere as it were um but I'm really pleased how it came out we were all a bit nervous because I don't think wildcard have ever brewed a beer like this before um so um it, it's it's all of us have been kind of learning together which is uh, which has been quite a journey but it's uh yeah, it's been really well received which I'm pleased about how did you choose the flavors that were going to go into it oh well um so to sort of make it accessible we have used um sort of natural um flavorings and jager basically when we went down on the original brew day which is sort of beginning of october uh, so we sort of kicked off the brew day um obviously mixing the malts together and um and and getting and getting that uh, you know sort of mashed in and um Basically, Tasha Manuela pretty much dug out most of the mash tun because a friend of mine Good turned job. up and I, I ended up um, <laughs> half of it. We're like, you know, oh, sorry, I have got to go. Jules put all the malt in. I just kind of joined while they yeah. were sparging, and um, I took all the malts out with Manuela. Yeah. Um, their division of labor I know, it's it's oh. your it was your birthday beer so it's yeah. like that's the <laughs> I know I just feel bad it's just coincidentally a, a really uh, old friend of mine's moved moved to Walthamstow okay. and my cousin also lives in Walthamstow <laughs> randomly and I also discovered my neighbor in Sheffield is from Walthamstow oh, wow. so there's a ran, random connection with Walthamstow and Sheffield going on um but uh but yeah so we sort of did that and then we went after we transferred um the the wort uh and um um got everything in the kettle and everything um and sort of left it to the wildcard brewing team to continue um so asa who's the lead brewer i think he was he was doing a lot of the work um that day alongside us um uh, we went off and had a coffee uh, nearby and we sort of discussed on this big list of all these different um, natural flavorings. And I was really inspired. I, I, I got a little bit obsessed with flapjacks, if I'm honest, <laughs> Joe and Tori. And I just couldn't stop saying the word flapjacks down. So it was kind of meant to be an inspired sort of, you know, gooey um, flapjack kind of um you know a recipe really because there's lots of oats in the malt bill so that's yeah. kind of where some of the flapjack yeah. element came from um so we sort of kicked a few different ideas about I think Jager and the team ordered some of the uh some of the natural flavorings they did a little bit of a test um you know trying different combinations yeah. out um so uh 
it was quite exciting when the beer turned up because I hadn't tried the finished beer. Yeah. Um, so it's always really nerve wracking. It turned literally turned up on the day of the birthday weekend. <laughs> ah, oh no. I know. <laughs> and um, and uh, had to obviously, you know, get everything ready, clean all the lines, get the beer on, you know, first pour of the beer. And um, uh, uh, obviously, I, I should I should know that you know it was all going to be fine. Yeah. It was it was beautiful, and I, I kicked like forty liters of the, wow. of the beer in about five five days. Went through about forty liters. Wow. So yeah, well done. That's really cool. Yeah, and I just want to show. I'll just not that people. Uh, so the the label. Yeah. Uh, so Ellie that works at Wildcards done a really good job. So she's kind of scours various um, public domain artwork. Okay. And she found this whole book uh, from the Edwardian era that basically was all about people dressing cats up. I love this so much. <laughs> yeah. So this is a real picture from an Edwardian book. Oh wow! Dressed up as a queen. I love Um, it. Because if again, there's another Twitter reference, but I follow. There's a Twitter account called Cats of Yore, and it basically shares all this uh, like um, uh, old, you know, old paintings and all sorts of old photographs of you know, like women with their cats or cats stealing food off tables, you know, in old paintings. Um, So I'm a bit obsessed with Cats of Yours. So it was kind of inspired by that. And and obviously the the new Hop Hideout logo uh, features a a cat. Well, it features our cat, really. Um, So I've got a a little black cat called Chuckles. Um, So that's uh, she's on our logo. So it was kind of all inspired by that, really. That was going to be literally my next question was where did where did the artwork come from? And that is the like, that's a better story than I could have even asked for. Like, again, that is- it, was, <laughs> it was all it was all like a, it wasn't just it was me kind of saying, oh, here's my inspiration. And then obviously Ellie going away and finding things and showing me stuff. So, again, it, it's difficult, right? A collaboration beer, you know, I know uh, as a few of you uh, uh, know, it's a bit of a it is like a baby in itself you have this idea and you sort of share it and then it sort of has its own life yeah and um you know it becomes its own thing and it's quite uh you know obviously you you, especially if it's your collab you hold it quite close but essentially you are kind of like oh here's my my like please like it (laughs) please just like it (laughs) yeah I was um before we actually started the podcast I was telling um Tori and Joe like it was just so organic how um the beer came into fruition obviously had a lot of ideas that you pitched in the original email thread um Jules but I was mainly chiming up to say oh I love that idea yes like happy to support um and it was just a dream to you know I hadn't seen Jules for quite a while until we um saw each other at the brew day um we during the pandemic crafty beer girls had the zoom um, meetups which is what Jules would join us on like uh, yeah it was every month from I'd say from March no from the April after everything went into lockdown all the way through I think almost till the summertime we had a one in-person meetup in London but then they put the rule of six so we were like okay can't can't meet up so back to the zoom the zoom ups um which we still continue to do but it's just so nice to finally you know see your friend in real life 
and that was at the brew day so it was such a dreamy day um and then we went to the pub and I got to meet your daughter um so yeah it's like it was just it was such a it was such a great celebration um and the beer is literally the queen yeah so as you say the name I am the queen did that come before you got the label design or was that post getting the photo for the label uh it was kind of post getting the getting the design actually um I, I think that it is there is a reference to that on the picture I think so um from the original source oh, yeah. um so it sort of the picture came with the beer name um uh but because we're all queens that's how I feel we're all we're you know we're all queens um doing our thing so um yeah, it kind of felt it felt relevant. Um, and it still feels relevant. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm really, really, really proud of how um, Jager's uh, sort of steered the ship on this one, and how we've all kind of come together, like Tasha said, quite organically about it. Um, yeah, yeah, really pleased how it's come out. I do feel like just looking at it, like the the flavor profile, the photo on it, the name of it, all of it, just feels like it it just makes sense. Like, I don't know, just from seeing it, I just go, yeah, this feels like it all just makes sense and that it is how it should be. <laughs> like, literally, yeah. I'm so excited. I wish I was not but ill. The, to other, the other thing that we did was um, I, um, you know, because obviously that we've had, you know, two years on, on and off of, of the pandemic and, and, and everything uh, afterwards. Um, so, you know, it does make you kind of want to go and see people and, and travel if you can obviously but um, I kind of used it as a bit of an excuse to do kind of like a, a bit of a travel um, and do a, a crafty beer girls meetup in person nice. so we had a Sheffield launch on the Saturday um, sort of middle of November and then the Thursday after there was a crafty beer girls meetup in um, Jager and Wildcard's new pub tavern on the hill in oh, Walthamstow yeah. that that's just about a 10 minute walk from the brewery um, so we did like a, a, a Sheffield and a London launch. So I get to, you know, feel like a <laughs> like a rock star with the, with my beer and two uh, two um, gig locations. Um, but it was lovely to actually meet, you know, all the people that, um, or a lot of the people. There were new people that came along on the night, which was nice as well. Actually, new women that joined. Um, but it was lovely to sort of meet people face to face that I'd chatted to on Zoom um, all throughout the pandemic. Um, and uh, yeah, Tavern on the Hills, like a, a um, yeah, quite a, um, established big double fronted pub. Um, but I think obviously Jager and the team are doing quite a lot to bring it back into use by the community because I think it's had a bit of a potted history. Um, she was sort of telling us about um, you might not have gone in the pub uh, a while ago because it was uh, a bit dodge. Um, so you know, it's it, it, it reminds you that pubs come with this sort of long history before yeah. you know you kind of become the the landlord landlady kind of thing. Um, but she was posting just a Jager name check in. I she was posting a photo of her and Stormzy hanging oh. out at Tavern <laughs> on the Hill quite recently. So you know. <laughs> So she does it as well. She does it as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be really complicated, like when you two, because I like just thinking about it and thinking about pub culture over here, which I mean, it might be hard for people in the US to, if they're listening, to sort of understand because the pub culture is very different. But um, 
it is that is quite an interesting thing to kind of raise of that you know the background on a certain location you probably would never think about it as a consumer that's going in someplace but actually taking a step back when you when you say it like that yeah because I mean I think of places that I go yeah I wouldn't go in there and I wouldn't feel comfortable going in there and it I wouldn't even know if the place had changed hands because in my mind oh that place is already off limits to me and so that must be actually quite a challenge if you pick up some place that has a bit of a dodgy past how do you turn that image around that's that's quite an interesting thing that I probably never would have thought about I kind of do the opposite sometimes um like there's lots of pubs in London that obviously had kind of like a gangstery background especially in East London um and now they're like like 180 degrees completely different um and I kind of look them up and then go visit them to kind of see see like they have they are a bit of a like a almost like um like they're pictures of what they used to look like mm. and they look exactly the same. They're so, they're preserved beautifully, but they're, you know, they're serving a gastro pub menu. There's a few craft beers on tap and it's not like what was making the news back in the day. And like, yeah, like in the pub, like pub, I think it's pub archives, um, the sort of stories that you read, it's just like, yeah, um, quite interesting, especially in London, how many pubs have sort of, developed in such a different way um and now they're um basically the safe pillars of the community rather than um kind of kind of rough and scary places to go nice support your local pubs everybody gotta keep them going right now yeah no, it's just it's given me so much more to think about that's like really interesting that I never would have thought about prior to this conversation because like, I guess I don't I don't even think about it on like the scale of London I'm thinking of just like lo- like local to me and going like oh like you go okay here's like three or four locals and you kind of go that's the one I go to that one I'd feel uncomfortable at that sort of thing and it's just given me a whole new thought to think about so thank you that's a really <laughs> interesting conversation that yeah I mean, I think Jake is doing a really, um, a really unique thing. She's sort of really um, embracing um, like a heritage and stuff, isn't she? And so they're the, the sort of doing like Jamaican Sunday dinners, which I'm sure she was tweeting about the fact that it was like booked up till um, April 2023 because it went viral on TikTok and then Stormzy <laughs> came for one. And then, you know, so it's like the place to be on a, on a Sunday. Um, but I did try some of the food there because uh, the, the kitchen was uh, was in action when we were there for the Crafty Beer Girls meetup, and I had like um, fried plantain and Sounds like amazing. sort of mac and cheese, and it was delicious. Um, so the the food the food was you know um, w- was really good, and um, yeah. So I think I think it's it's going to be onwards and upwards um, for for the pub, um, but I'm sure she's going to be knackered and. Obviously, um, you know, as we all know, with the energy crisis and cost of living and everything else that's circling, it's 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 a tough time to be stewarding a um, a pub at the moment. So fair play to fair play to them, really, for going for it because it is like their local pub, really. Yeah. Um, so if they're investing back in the community, which I don't think people also realise um, when people take on pubs, it is such a community asset. Yeah. Um, so there's much more to it uh, than um, you know the history, the stories, the people. Um, 
you know, births, deaths, marriages, the, everything that's gone on, um, you know, yeah. I think that's why we kind of all love the pub as well, because of that, um, I guess, mystique and the stories and everything as well. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Joe said, that's all the more, like you said about the energy crisis, that's all the more reason to support your your locals or when you go someplace new, check out a new local to yours because um, you could be massively helping them out. And uh, like, like we said, I mean, it's sort of like for us, like culturally, those are like central locations for so many things. So it's like, even if it's just going once, even if you don't have the budget and you go once a month for a drink, like that is, you know, once a month that you could be helping someone that that's really sort of struggling at the moment and and trying to do a lot for the community as you said um I mean speaking of locations Jules like Hop Hideout is in such an interesting location and I don't think I'd ever been into a area quite like commune before like prior to going to Hop Hideout and I thought that that concept was so incredibly interesting and I was just wondering like you know when it came to picking locations like did you know you wanted a spotlight for anyone that doesn't know communes kind of like there's like multiple different vendors like food vendors and then like hop hideouts there and then there's a bookshop and um, you basically sit down at a table you can do a you know qr code and you order from your table for all these different places um and it's quite good if you're going out with a larger group of people or people that have different eating requirements because everyone can kind of get their own thing to the table without having to pick a specific type of restaurant or anything and I love the fact that obviously with hot pie don't be in there it's like cool I can get food and then I can get a a craft beer to drink with it which if I went to a different restaurant I might not have been able to get and um it's just a really cool location. I've been to similar since. And I just, I just thought, you know, is that a place that you sought out the type of place to be at? Or was it just like fortuitous that you happened to go, oh, that's the spot that's, that's open. I'll, I'll go there sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a bit of a story of two halves really, because uh, I mean, there's kind of lots, it's quite, there's quite, it's going to be a complex answer. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> right. We like complex <laughs> answers. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I do love this um, story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've worked in beer for quite a long time. Um, like a lot of people, I've worked in bar jobs and kind of didn't loved it, but didn't think it was a career and sort of left. You know, tried to get a career in, uh, went to university and, and sort of had a, another life and another career, and then ended up coming back into beer in sort of um, around two thousand and seven. I ended up getting a job at. Um, a really large sort of FMCG brewery um, who had a sales office based in Leeds. Um, and then I worked for them for about seven, eight years, something like that. But I did everything from like um, technical support. So if your pub was having a problem with the equipment, they'd give my team a call. We'd talk them through a spreadsheet, tell them to turn it off and back on again. If that didn't work, we'd schedule an engineer to go out and, and, and look at the equipment. Um, but I did sales, procurement, logistics, uh, forecasting, ended up on like a really big implementation project to transform Burton Brewery. So the main brewery was in Burton-upon-Trent. And um, I was on this really stressful um, sort of 18 month um, systems implementation project. And it was probably the most stressful thing in my life. 
um, other than the, the pandemic, running a business in the pandemic. Um, and um, I guess the more I was at this big multinational brewery, the more I was getting into beer and the more kind of my passion for beer was doing this and my interest in where I was working was doing that. Yeah. And um, and then other things were happening. I was constantly getting battered back for promotions. Oh, you can't do that. You're not, you don't have this. You don't have that. Um, you know, when you're in a male dominated um, sphere, um, it's, it is very challenging to be heard and to be seen as management material because there, there's a specific idea that those male managers have about what other managers should look like. Um, and um, it just got really frustrating. I, I, I had an incident of really um, nasty uh, misogynistic bullying and it kind of just got to the point where I just thought, you know what, I'm done here. Um, I'm going to take all the positives that I've had from my, you know, huge learning curve, looked after like, you know, millions of pounds worth of stock, um, uh, access, you know, to sort of all the systems and forecasting and um, knowledge of beer logistics and procurement and everything. I'm going to take all those positives and you know what, I'm going to go and do my own thing. And it was kind of a, that, again, taking a negative and turning it into a positive. I kind of thought, actually, I'm going to go and do this myself. I'll be my own boss. I can do all of these things that I know I'm capable of that you've told me that I can't do and that I'm not capable of. You know, I'm going to show you that I can do all of these things. And I guess it kind of lit a bit of a fire under me. And um, and that's kind of when I went off and um, set up Hop Hideout. But I didn't have a lot of money. I set up Hop Hideout on about £5,000. Um, it was very much like a pop-up shop. Um, and we started in the back of an antique centre um, in an area called Abbeydale, uh, which is near Abbeydale Brewery. So sort of south-ish uh, of um, Sheffield City Centre. Not very far. You could walk to the city centre in like 20 minutes. Um, but quite a vibrant little area, quite bohemian, lots of interesting things going on you know, people into like food and drink. Um, so we would do like a weekend pop-up, make a bit of money, sell a bit of beer. I was still working a job at, you know, that job at that time, but, you know, absolutely hating it. Um, you know, coming home after like, you know, 10 hours and of being showered at and, um, you know, and then kind of investing that negativity into Hop Hideout. And eventually, you know, we... Um, uh, because Wilma Pardo was helping me at that time, um, even though it was kind of my passion and my sort of driving force, uh, we were sort of doing it together initially. Uh, so we, you know, sold beer, reinvested the money, and then in around, so when we launched in 2013, it was very much kind of like, say, this pop up in the back of an antique centre, which was, you know, what I loved about it was it was quite magical. People would walk into an antique centre, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, there's an old piano, that you know there's kind of like a you know a modernist um sculpture oh there's a what's that back there it's it's beer what's going on here <laughs> and you know they'd come into our bit and they're like oh wow it's it's like a little uh, uh you know emporium of of magical beer Amazing. and um you know at that time it was kind of only a few years since the kernel had launched um you know it was quite a sort of a small but really interesting growing like what we now call craft beer but we probably referred to as like microbrewed back then. Um, but it was, you know, you felt like you were part of something. It was part of the community. 
And then we just kind of organically grew. There was a cafe next door to the antique centre. So um, we moved into there in 2015. And that was kind of when it was the idea of what I had in my mind became reality. So I was kind of inspired by like the Belgian beer scene, you know, where you go to a Belgian beer shop, there'd be like a little table you could sit at. There'd always be someone really interesting there that had like life stories and funny <laughs> jokes um, and like then tell you about the beer. And um, I was kind of inspired by that and uh, that Belgian beer culture, I guess. And um, so we had the beer shop with like a little with a little table in it. So we called it like a tasting room. And actually in 2015 at the time, that wasn't happening in the UK. Mm. We were like literally one, probably the first or one of you know five venues that were doing that and I and which now it seems like it's a it's a thing isn't it it's um it's very much a model people have beer shop and tasting rooms you know it's or you know or whatever format they sort of call it but in 2015 that wasn't a thing like we were one of the first people to do it and um we actually had to like challenge the uh, licensing because they didn't get it. Like they were like, but you're a shop, but you're allowing people to stand up and have a drink like a pub, but you're not a pub. So we, we went through quite a long, a long process with Sheffield licensing yeah. to actually get licensed for that concept. Um, and, and, and we've probably put the groundwork in for then people to really go and copy that in a yeah. way and for them to run with it. Um, but, but we were one of the first to, to actually go to the local licensing and say, this is the concept, this is what we want to do. Um, so, you know, I feel kind of quite, um, you know, looking back over nine years now, um, it's, diff it, it, it's, it's challenging sometimes to, you know, remember those actual big achievements. And that, that was a big achievement. I think we are kind of one of the forerunners of the, and I knew I wasn't a micro pub. You know, I talked to Martin Hillier, actually, from the Micropub movement before I set up my, set up my business. Um, I remember having a phone call with him um, in, when I was in working in Burton-upon-Trent. And though I love cask beer, for me, my passion was Belgian beer and world beer and, you know, all this other, like, beer style, myriad of wonderful beer styles and cultures. And I felt like the Micropub kind of was obviously specifically kind of honing in on on English um cascale culture and um I wanted to be more broader and do this other thing so I kind of stuck to my guns and said right I'm a beer shop and tasting room that's my thing and I've kind of always stuck with that um and here we are nine years later so that's my I think I should stop there because I could go on maybe for at least <laughs> 10, 10 minutes <laughs> no I think that's so that is incredibly so interesting to be honest um it is it like I always find that when I've gone into a shop and it's not something I've like a like a garden center that like I can give an example of like I was at a garden center end of November um my parents had come over from the US they were visiting so I was taking them to the garden center to pick out some Christmas stuff before they went back so that we could like have them around to help me pick out decorations etc etc and I remember my mum went to go look at something specific so me and my husband left my mum and my dad to do something else and we went looking for something in another section and I remember walking into that and then seeing like a thing of beer and I was like 
what is that? And I looked and it's like a whole stand of like phantom brewery beer. <laughs> and I just didn't expect to see it. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> it just threw me off guard. And it was like um, I was in Kent and we went to um, one of the castles there. And again, I went to the gift shop there and there was like time and tide everywhere. And it's that thing of like, I'm at a national heritage site <laughs> or I'm at a garden center. And here I am seeing these like breweries that I recognize now. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. So it must be like, yes. I can't even imagine going to like an antiques shop. And then all of a sudden there's like beer at the back. I'd be like, I am never leaving. This is great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to sort of, I suppose, I, I suppose I should finish because um, we haven't got to the food all, have we? So some of this has been organic. I haven't had a lot of money to start the business. You know, I've had to sort of do, you know, find a way to make it happen. Um, and um, you know some of it has been um has been um coincidental I guess but in um so this the, the cafe place in in Abbeydale Road where we were hop hideout beer shop and tasting room like um I would still be there actually if it wasn't for the fact that the the new business owners came along and bought the building <sighs> and then basically didn't uh, renew our lease yeah. Um, which was a quite a heartbreaking moment when you've been somewhere and built up a business but as a small business and if you don't own the bricks and mortar you know having a contract even even if I had a contract that, that had another five years on it they could have still chucked me out um, you see it happening time and time again I mean it's happening in Sheffield at the lead mill which is an old uh, music venue um, exactly the same scenario is happening at the moment there's a big campaign to um, to support the, the actual people that created, you know, the community and music of the lead mill um, to stay in the building because the, 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 the new people that have bought the building are trying to chuck the lead mill out and do the lead mill themselves, which is really shameful. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was in a situation where I was kind of needed to move and then um, it just so happened I got approached by this um, new food hall that we're going to be opening in the city centre of Sheffield and um, so I, I kind of went with it. But part of the reason I went with it, which I still believe in, even though like I love the little specialist bricks and mortar beer shop that I had, you, you find this with a lot of specialist places that sometimes people find it a barrier to entry. Mm. And, you know, I'm always trying to sort of like broaden the, the, the scene, get more people into beer from all, you know, walks of life, all, all backgrounds. Um, and you know, I, I come from a music background. I've worked in a lot of music and record shops, and I, I've seen a lot of this. You know, people do. There is a barrier to walking through that door sometimes to a specialist place because people maybe, you know, rightly or wrongly, feel that they might not be welcomed or they don't know enough and all of this sort of stuff. So um, you know, you spend your time trying to make sure people, you know know that they can just walk in and you have the door open and make however in the food hall there literally is no barrier there's no doorstep to walk over yeah. you're in the food hall um and you know I get uh, the full sort of range of people that have no idea who I am even though I've been around for nine years um they no idea about hop hide out but you know what they're like oh what's this there's fridges there's beer tell me about it and it's such a great way, actually, to engage with kind of getting outside the craft beer bubble and engaging with other people. And you see, you know, people from all backgrounds, 
all nationalities, you know, all genders. It's a really kind of, it's the space you want to be at if you if you do want to get out of the craft beer bubble, which is exactly kind of the next step that I wanted to do. Um, however, I've been there for four years, two of it through a pandemic, and I am looking for my own place again. But I'd kind of like to do the two. So mm. just going to put it out there into the ether. Pop um, it out too. So put it into the universe. Yeah, put it into the universe, but... You know, I would like to have my own bricks and mortar place again that I can, you know, curate the, the music, have that real personal interaction with people, which works especially well if you're doing beer tastings, which we sort of specialised in. It's quite difficult to do beer tastings at the food hall because it's quite noisy and there's yeah. lots going on. So it, the, the, there's really good things and, and, and obviously other things that, that are more challenging. So um, 2023... Um, I would like to sort of, you know, yeah, expand and have two sites and do it both, really. That Amazing. sounds like a really great thing to yeah. hop hideouts in the new year. As is like putting it, I feel like as, as Joe and I always do when we yeah. when we're doing interviews with people, it's like we're gonna try to manifest this as, manifest as much as we can oh, because, because yeah. literally that it, universe. Stasha said like that does sound amazing to be honest because because the food hall as you've explained it it really does make sense in the sense of like no barrier to entry in that sense and and they have a normal bar there so if you are a person that's like oh I'm not sure there's always the standard bar where you can get you know standard things but somebody might just go oh I've never heard of that before normally I would order this what do you recommend and they might leave having tried something that they wouldn't have tried and go actually baby steps maybe I'll try from that specific brewery again completely completely. or they go actually I didn't really like it wasn't for me I'll just go and I'll order my standard carling I still think it's amazing like I've traveled you know quite a bit and I've been to food halls in in Holland and um, New York and everything and I've not been to one single food hall where there's a place that has 200 beers that's selling like Belgian lambics barrel aged imperial stouts you know like local like great local beer but you know that has like a full that full yeah, you know full range BJCP if you want a beer styles you know what I mean it's like <laughs> I think that's that's really unique and like like I've got aged Orval come and buy yeah. some like try yeah. aged Orval off me I just want you know, to say yeah like even London there's um the Mercato Metropolitano it has amazing food from all over the world and they have really good bar by the Italian job who do like you have the radio or they used to. I don't even know if it's still focused on Italian craft beer, but um, yeah, it's maybe like maximum 25 um, styles of beer. Um, and that's in London, like one of the biggest indoor food markets. Um, whereas Commune really like I really enjoyed visiting recently um, and your shops there is just it's everything that I love about beer shops um plus the, ha- the yeah. hardest part was like not trying to buy everything the last time I was there because I was like there's so many good things and it was like I think you even had wine and it was like really interesting yes. wine that I'd never seen before and then I was like I've never been so torn about like this is how much money that I should be spending because Joe and I were there to do something else that I was like I need to make sure I'm not spending yeah, too much money yeah because we're up for like Sheffield beer week stuff <laughs> yeah. which was cool which is yeah. good 
Um, but yeah, we do. We do. I mean, obviously, I specialise in beer, but I, I am very passionate about cider as well, especially um, British cider. So that there's, you know, there's lots of little producers like Ross and Wye, little Pomona. You know, everyone kind of um, great in the in the in the British cider scene. But then I have like nice interesting low intervention wines it's i kind of see it as that sweet spot you've got kind of like your funky beers and your farmhouse ciders and your low yeah. intervention wine and like the little bit in the middle is it's kind of like hop hide out really so yeah. <laughs> it's just like two locations would be brilliant because that would be like your no barrier to entry get the people in get the people interested and then your own brick and mortar being like the place that you specifically curate the whole atmosphere yeah. and, what, and what you well, want you know and what? it brings I mean, people there what I really miss about the old shop is that so many people used to hire the venue out for like their birthday, yeah. um, like, you know, for the wedding parties um, and like that really, like they were the moments that I just, I just love the fact that people wanted and chose to sort of celebrate those special occasions, like in my beer business, drinking, drinking good beer, like uh, it just honestly it makes my heart just sing with joy and that they're, they're the things that I kind of I miss a little bit really I mean that's kind of you know obviously it's you know we love the beer but it's also the people drinking the beer and the conversation over the beer that's you know what is so great about it but I've just cracked open another beer sorry people oh, all <laughs> right go for it I've, I've switched to water <laughs> for anyone listening I'm getting real real wild I've gone water with some ice cubes <laughs> Um, you, but I'm um, sticking, sticking with Wildcard. Oh. I've got the, because we were talking about it, the International Women's Collab Brew Day. So it's an apricot saison. Oh, nice. Oh. All right. Well, Ooh, I'll crack ish. open um, their Taurus, which is a damson sour, then. Go on, then. I'll have a second one. <laughs> no I think I think it's totally about the people as well I think like I've I've said it before and I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or just in conversation but I feel like you can have a beer that is a decent beer totally fine um but it's almost made better if it's had in the right situation with the right people it's like something that if you're drinking on your own you go oh, yeah yeah that's good but like all of a sudden when you're having it in a certain moment with the right people and the right conversation you're like well this is my favorite beer now like it just has that memory of having this really good con- the good connection and the good shared moment um that you just go this is now like one of my favorite beers of the year and it, it might not be something that is the most like complex or the most like it's just how you've had it in that moment and that's what's like really great about beers I always buy like I actually prefer sharing my beers with people like I know some people are like oh I want it all for me and everything but like for me if it's something that I think sounds really really interesting like I can't wait to share it with my husband or share it with Joe or share it with like a, a group of friends even if they're not into craft beer because I'm like I want to just share this I want to have somebody to talk to about how good and yeah. interesting it is um I don't know if everyone takes that approach I think some people just are like drink your stuff because this is all for me but for me I love sharing it personally it's what we were saying about beer being community and like the beer spaces being the center of the community like that's so important it's something that I think we missed a lot of during the pandemic and it's really good that that's now coming back um so we've had you for an hour already but we'll we'll keep going (laughs) if you've got the time we've got the time um do you want to tell us a little bit about indie beer feast 
Yeah, so um, the next one is, it it's basically happens in March. So it's like the first weekend in March. It's kind of the precursor to sort of Sheffield Beer Week. So it kind of, it's the, you know, preamble. Um, nice. And it started off as like a one day um, beer festival. Used to actually be in a really old, like a 1920s um, picture house, old cinema up Abbey Dell Road where the old Hop Hideout used to be. Um, so it was in this beautiful old 1920s cinema for 2018, 2019, we moved to two days because it went really well. 2020 was the last, I, I feel like it was the last national beer festival before the pandemic I or think, yeah. actually whilst the pandemic was happening. <laughs> just squeaked um, it in before we got locked down well like it was such a it's it, it's so I still haven't processed a lot of things from the pan from the pandemic to be honest but um it like I had no idea about it as did a lot of people had no idea about uh, about the virus or, or or anything covid related um and at the so we had indie beer feast it was fantastic it was like I said this old cinema there was about 20 breweries pouring there um, you know wonderful two days and then obviously in the in the following few days um, events started to get cancelled um, Sheffield City Council people were telling me that there's there's, there's a virus there's something going on um, and um, yeah kind of by the end of Sheffield Beer Week uh, maybe about uh, like I say, a few things got cancelled, a few things still went ahead where people were unsure what, what this was, what was going on. And about a week later, I think hospitality was completely shut down. So I remember going into what was the Devonshire Cat, which was a pub um, used to be run by Abbeydale Brewery. And I was there to sort of uh, have a bit of a wind down, Sunday dinner, enjoy collab beer that um, a group called Out and About um who sort of michael and heather run this sort of lgbtq plus friendly like beer community group in sheffield and we'd sort of done a collaboration beer so like it was such a wonderful that went in there to try the beer had food it was lovely and then literally the next day it was you know obviously what we now yeah. know is as covid and um all of the realities started so i had gone from a celebration to literally fighting for people in hospitality survival yeah like two weeks later um I like it, it just absolutely it's still very difficult to sort of compute and comprehend kind of what went what went on in that celebration you know downward um sort of misery of of, of the reality of what you know hospitality shut down and everything so yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> so, um, uh, I mean, it's obviously going to be difficult to talk about um, uh, what's gone on in the pandemic uh, in, in, a, in a short space of time over a podcast, isn't it, really? Could talk about a oh, lot yeah. of these from different ages. I know. Yeah. But anyway, so we had a, um, a virtual indie beer feast in 2021 because I sort of thought that there might be the potential to have it, but obviously realised through the various iterations that it wasn't the a common sense thing to do and definitely yeah. not the, the, definitely not the right thing to do either from my perspective anyway. Um, so we had like a virtual um, celebration, did like a box tasting and had like an Instagram party. 
Um, and then we came back, managed to come back in March 2022 of this year. Um, and uh, I have the festival, but we had to move venues uh, to a, like a new city centre location um, called Trafalgar Warehouse. And then this next year uh, in, um, well, in March 2023, uh, we're staying at the same venue, but we've got a bit more space. Um, so we're going to be doing Indie Beer Feast again uh, there. So it'd be lovely if you could come up, actually. I don't know if anyone's fancies another trip up. Yeah, I think um, see what we can do. I feel like the, when we saw you at the tail end, so we saw you like during the brew day, but then we saw you as well at the tail end of uh, Indie Beer Feast. <laughs> and you were like, yeah. we are tired, we're having beers, I will see you tomorrow. Like we saw you for a little bit at the end of the day before International Women's Collaboration Brew Day the next day. I feel like that's what it was. And no, and, well, uh, ironically, so I've, never, I've never been able to go to an International Women's Collab Brew Day because it's always obviously clashes with Sheffield Beer Week and Indie Beer Feast (laughs) so like I've never been able to go and this year was the first time that I actually managed to get and I went to obviously the Lost Industry one that Helen Faye arranged and then the the one that Heist and and obviously you you two were doing the the tasting that day as well Um, so I actually managed two this year it was such um, a long yeah, day. It was, it was a really long day, day, and I don't know how you did it after doing a long day <laughs> the, day <laughs> the day before, before as well. Um, so well done on that, oh, and okay. uh, and that's what I found out. Speaking of your birthday beers, that's when you were telling me as well about how historically you did one of the life aquatic was the theme of your of your birthday, and I loved it because you called one like Steve Yuzu or something. Steve Yuzu, yeah. And so that made me laugh always, so much. <laughs> over the years of Hop Idow, the, the beer shop business, we've sort of always had like a birthday party. And we, we don't, I don't take myself too seriously. I like to have a bit of a giggle, like to have a bit of a laugh. You know, as Tasha said before, it is just beer sometimes. And, you know, it's nice to just remember and have, you know, joyful, fun, um, fun times, isn't it? Where you don't take yourself too seriously. So yeah, one of our birthdays, we'd had um, a big Bill Murray inspired um, fancy dress party. Um, So everyone came as Bill Murray characters from various films and all of the beer collaborations were um, Bill Murray themed um, beers. So uh, we had Steve Yuzu, which was like a Yuzu, Bruce IPA um, uh, was one of them. And um, Groundhog Day, I think we did a turning point. we definitely did an elusive brew. I think we did three strikes um, and we did like an elusive brew. There, there was a nice. few more anyway. There was there was a Lost Industry Twinkie beer as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a good, it was, well, it was a bit bittersweet actually because that birthday, we'd just found out a week before that we had to leave the venue. Oh. So we didn't tell anybody. So we celebrated the birthday and had like a wonderful time yeah. but obviously I knew deep down that I was going to leave and then a few days later I told people so it was kind of it was a little bit bittersweet really yeah, um, yeah but there you go that's life isn't it you know it's all worked out rubbish all things work- I was gonna say it's all worked out in still the way that strong. Like, yeah. yeah you're still going <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> uh, well Oh, I think that's small so business lovely. sometimes. It's like it's it's so hard running a business in mm. in any country, but specifically in this country, it's 
it's really difficult. And then you put layers on top of that of being a female business owner and you know it's um yeah it's it's been a challenge and a roller coaster and um um but yeah i'm uh can i do a little toast i feel yeah. like i should be toasting yeah, toasting yeah. still being here yes. us all having this um <laughs> joyous moment over beer and slash water and cheers to everybody <laughs> cheers ah oh, so good you're like proper inspirational superwoman I was gonna say both of you really like Kesha and Jules, <laughs> yeah. like and, and Joe really like but it's just like it's people that like I'm so pleased that you guys like chose to come on because you know obviously Crafty Beer Girls has had like such a a, a big part for us and yeah and obviously like yeah. meeting you Jules at Hot Park, like that was just you were the first to put our beer on. <laughs> oh I know I know but that, this is what's great about isn't it like I put your your beer on at the shop yeah. and I get to come on here you know yeah. it's all about collaboration isn't yeah. it and coalition and all of that sort of thing but I was gonna ask Tash have you got any big um, any plans yeah. for Crafty Big Girls next in 2023 um, what's the yeah so I guess I probably should share a bit more but I've been a little bit starstruck just being on here because obviously I'll um, give over no no you know um I know both like Tori and Joe really from online but um I feel like I have possibly I'm, I feel like I've met Joe you in person yeah, I think we have um been. at least once or twice yeah so but also like um Jules has um in my early beer career I was doing events and I would um for a brewery I worked for for a very long time and that like I'd go to international events out of sort of like my holiday yeah. not yet pouring at them um kind of just like feeling out the cities like Copenhagen at the time or maybe yeah do like tap takeovers in the bars but the brewery I was working for wasn't big enough just yet and Jules would be there with her partner like you know journaling like blogging and writing about the experiences and I knew about Hop Hide Out um, and I'd follow her as well as like, you know, other folks like Boke and Bailey. And mm. um, like, I'm, I do feel I don't have as much time to read all the beer blogs or all join all the podcasts and listen yeah. in. But I know which ones, if I have a spare moment, that's what I'm clicking on and like listening to. Um, so like, love what you're both doing. Um, have a lot, huge respect for Jules. Um, so when, you know, we, we were asked to... Um, join in on the birthday beer it was like a no-brainer um really it's just like anything to have a beer with you or to raise a glass to you or to spend a moment with you um and that's pretty much um how I hope there's like like Jules says there's sometimes quite a lot of negativity and there are lots of lows to the beer industry sometimes um it's growing so fast it's evolving so fast um with any industry there's going to be some sort of it shouldn't be but there is discrimination there's sexism there's misogyny um and there is sometimes a bit of a scramble to be in certain roles um and with crafty beer girls we're just trying to i'm well i'm the way i see it is like i'm trying to keep the ethos more about positivity so but you know yes there's sexist branding but we just don't buy those beers let's celebrate the good branding let's go to those venues for a meetup which you know we think they're you know they've got everyone's welcome um sort of policy in place um no one feels unsafe um so in the new year i guess um 
just kind of raising more awareness about the Manchester fraction. So Chess, who works for Neptune, a great brewery, um, also co-founded by a woman, Jules, um, um, Julie. Um, so Chess works up. She works remotely. She lives in Manchester. So she's running the Manchester fraction of Crafty Beer Girls. Um, she's been a long time. Um, London CBG. So kind of it's just basically an extension of everything we do down here. Um, so she's doing a really great job of that. So if there are any women kind of near to Manchester realms or able to commute in um, for those meetups, then we're posting about those. I'm hoping to do something big. Um, I think we might be 10 years old next year. Um, I think maybe Ooh. maybe that was even this year. I kind of, I'm not, you know you lose track during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We're long overdue some sort of big event. I would love to do a more centralised meetup, maybe have Ladies That Beer, which is the group that Ju um, Julie from um, Neptune um, has founded, maybe get the Brum Beer Babs, um over as well there's Preston Beer Girls uh, there's like a few other groups like that have now developed all over um the country there's also Glass Ladies That Beer um which has another lady called Sarah who used to be part of our London CBG community um but at the same time you know CBG whilst most of it goes on in London um the Facebook group is open to any beer loving women to join um and if there's anyone out there that wants to curate their own sort of space that brings women together over a pint a half pint or just kind of shares um some positive and just resourceful chat in or around the beer industry with beer involved um i think that's a great thing um so maybe kind of i want to do a bit more admin around that so maybe build like a spreadsheet of who what where um, but again, like a lot of the stuff around CBG, it's kind of done in spare time. So I kind of get a little bit anxious to say this is the plan because those plans, I don't know what's going to be around the corner, which might, you know, yeah. put us back a couple of years like the pandemic has. Yeah. Um, but well, it's, more it's collabs, um, we've done two yeah. collabs I, um, with our names on the cans at least over the last two years. So hopefully another collab. Um, I know International Women's Collab Brew Day is going to be a big one this year. Um, so for anyone that isn't following that already, um, both myself and Natalia for the last three years have been supporting Sophie Durand with that. So um, this year is going to be a really big occasion. Um, so anyone that wants to participate in that um, would be really good to get them following the group, those pages. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like kind of believe that year is ending before I start looking forward to the next one personally um but that's because this is hospitality's busiest period and I'm quite frazzled but also just happy that it's been a good one yeah yeah absolutely I feel like I was just gonna say I think like crafty beer girls like have put together such a good list every year as well about yeah. like who was doing international women's collaboration brew day beers and made it really easy to get the resources of who was doing it and you know where to find those beers so mm. it's it is appreciated because sometimes it can be so difficult to stay on top of everywhere that's doing it the funniest part about all of it is joe and i went all the way up to sheffield to do international women's collaboration brew day and then i found out double barreled was doing <laughs> literally down the road from her <laughs> and, and I was like 
Oh, of course. I was like, it's always the way, isn't it? But I actually had a really, really good time. So I'm, I'm glad that I didn't find out about that till later because then <laughs> I might not have got to have like a double brew day and such a good time. But it was one of the questions I was, it's funny because Jules preempted the question I was going to ask you, which was like, <laughs> are there any events that were coming up? And and the main one being like, is there going to be an International Women's Collaboration Brew Day again this year? And I guess you've just yeah. answered that one. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, both Natalia, myself and Sophie are in quite, I won't say frantic, but I feel like I'm frantically reading the emails because I'm just in like the mad rush of Christmas bookings and whatever, what have you. Um, And I'm like, I'll chime up on this like middle of December or maybe around Christmas Day and then we'll we'll start um, hitting the road running in the new year. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited for the one to come up and... Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping actually to make double barrels this year because I haven't made it and I'm currently living in Reading and it would seem rude not to. But now it's the, now that I know that they did it last year and I hope they're doing it again, now I'm going to plan accordingly <laughs> and go instead of uh, driving a few hours <laughs> somewhere else. As much as I loved it and I have zero regrets on it, I might try to do one a little bit more local this next time. <laughs> so there's just so many options there's so many options and you want to see well, that's people great. there's, there's yeah. so many options because they used to it used to be like two or three brews yeah. and that I mean that's the wonderful thing isn't it that yeah. it's grown and that there's, there's you know so many more uh women co-owned or you know women in in positions of, of brewing and management roles within the brewing sector so it's wonderful to sort of see it you know go from a handful to you know to sort of double digit numbers yeah but I just want to say to Tasha's credit because I don't think a lot of people realize some of this stuff um and I know obviously Joe and Tori you do this as well really um and, and I do it under Sheffield Beer Week but a lot of the things we're talking about you know we invest our time and money and our energy um in things that are we do for free essentially yeah. for the wider beer community and I just kind of want to to sort of highlight you know Tasha for putting all her energy and time into that project because she's not getting paid for it. Obviously, she it's more about it's it, it's it's about more than the money, as we all know, yeah. which is uh, why we do a lot of these things. Um, but yeah, I just I just I really want to I want Tash to know that we appreciate it and yes. like you know she's not getting paid for this. So um, no, and maybe like- you know that should be something that should be changed. You know. If we can raise money for Brave Noise collaborations, why can't we raise money for Crafty Beer Girls and other initiatives that do really positive things? You know, maybe that's something we can put into the ether as well, really. So, yeah. I'm definitely definitely thinking about um, merch. I think that would be like a really easy way to not make loads of money, but kind of like get a bit of funding um, by yeah. having something that people can also... Yeah, I mean, essentially, like the money is going to be reinvested and used yeah. to, to do really positive things with, you yeah. know, um, but yeah. But that will need, like, you've already, Jules has already sent me some really cool branding ideas um, that I've, like, saved. Um, so, hopefully, yeah, that's, that would be a really nice sort of project for the next year. Um, but also just anything Tori and Joe like if we could do some more collabs like over podcasts with some CPG yeah. as well um, that'd be lovely <laughs> and hopefully I'll get to meet you in real life at yeah. uh, the next IWCBD 
Yes, absolutely. Open invitation. That's it. Yeah, yeah like open, open invitation. invitation to come back whenever you want. Hundred <laughs> percent. And again, yeah. we'll put that. All of this is going to go. We're going to like manifest it all. It's going to be. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a really after a very long few years. Uh, twenty twenty three. We're manifesting it to be like the best. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. We need it. We need, I think we all need it, don't we? Yeah, that's going to be tough times, tough times. I mean, it is tough times and it's, it's going to continue to be for 12 months, isn't it? If not longer, who knows? So, no, I would like to see, I have to say, I would like to see more, um, I'd like to see more women-owned beer businesses. Mm. Um, that would be, that would be a big, um, uh that, that would be something I would love to see happen more of, actually. I think that, that, that I'm excited to see the development in that area, really, because I just think as well, you know, it can broaden the horizon of the beer scene that we're in, bring different perspectives, ex, yeah. you know, new exciting styles or things that maybe people haven't thought about. Um, different perspectives yeah yeah exactly yeah, but, get, maybe you know, even getting a list together of those that are already there because I don't know if you know crafty beer girls already have a list of of uh you know bunch of business but I feel like there's some that yeah, I didn't even realize might have been um, ordered Pepper, um, the coven the coven I don't say coven or coven 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 coven, coven, yeah. coven, coven. <laughs> um she's d- d- does uh quite a lot I don't know Daisy at craft beer Newcastle she's she's uh, got like a little a list going on as well but um but yeah I'm excited to sort of see the development of more women-owned businesses and that sort of like pushing things forward as well actually yeah so I, I think that'd be really good I also remember I can't remember if it was at a festival this year it was something online that I read um there was like a round table and it was just the facts about women um like what women have done to start up their businesses um oh it was the brewery market linda and a couple of oh, other. yeah 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 there was a whole like round table about what it was like being a woman a woman who owns their business and what did you have to do and like the you know how like getting a loan for example oh um, you, you can't you get know, yeah yeah so it's just all these like the statistics were terrifying and um during the pandemic i did a lot of work on sort of like just chasing the grants that the venues that we have within our business are owed you know from the you know just you just you couldn't get the money unless you like really badgered even though it was state government mandated yeah that's what the money was for and I was thinking like I could probably spend some time doing this for crafty beer girls but like I'd need some information I'd you know like like a lot of data that I just don't have the time right now to keep and it was just like, oh, like it was so overwhelming to think about. Um, but then I was thinking if you're trying to start up your own business, like having to put that also maybe juggling a family life, kids. Like I personally don't have plans to have kids, don't want to have kids. But like that's another, you know, those are other slightly more pressing commitments than maybe growing a business at one point in your life. Once you that could be your own baby in some ways. But, you know, you need to factor all these things it was absolutely mm. terrifying data so I think the more we can do to champion those businesses which are starting up that are women-owned or that are already established and are women-owned that would be great um so yeah I'll definitely make a note of that to kind of pinpoint those resources from those other folks and share them more widely 
yeah I think it's it is yeah. that it's that balancing and and you also what's really important is to also factor time in for yourself as well because you can't just go from like your typical day job to trying to start up a business to bed to back to your normal day job then try and start up your business like there has to be time for yourself there has to be time for you to enjoy with the people around you that you care about as well like you know you have to take care of yourself in order to be able to take care of your business and and if it is that there's so much going on um that you you know you lose sight of having that balance that's got to be very very difficult and I can't I can't even imagine so yeah any resources that can be put together and shared I think are phenomenal and and I think honestly for me I would love to see I mean I've said this before to I said it to um Emmett Mirakai I think when we spoke to Mirakai last night I personally would love to see a pink boots chapter like opened up over here like it sounds that it's a little bit challenging to open up divisions of pink boots but I think like having something even similar to that over here that that is sort of giving you know helping with grants and helping with those type of like educational pieces like that is something that's so important and helps bring more women in and and not even just bring them in. People are well, you see, you see it in the sports. You see this, the, the exact thing we're talking about is what's going on in women's sport now. So we're seeing women's sports on TV. We're seeing big, you know, investment going on in women's sports, which is what you need so that people yeah. like Jill Scott don't have to have multiple jobs and then go and train on top. Mm. They can just train like the men and yeah. boys are allowed to do. So, you know, it needs money, it needs backing and, and, you know, which is fantastic to see what, you know, what's going on in women's sports at the moment. It's like an absolute revelation um, and a complete sort of change in, in people's attitudes and mindsets to, to women in sport. But it's wonderful. But, you know, we need the same support in, you know, the beer sector, basically. You know, we need people to get behind and say, right, you know, we need more women in business women do this and that what can we do what mentorship can we have what money can we invest now at the moment it's us as a community from the roots up doing it all ourselves really um so um yeah it'd be nice to see a few other uh, people get on board and I mean mentorship alone is so important like just so 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 important and not even just in the standard areas that you think just like from all across it like whether it be business ownership or somebody working doing like marketing in beer not just like you know from a brewing aspect but that as well like I just think mentorship overall is so undervalued and how important it can be the the inclusivity will be yeah they're really Mm. great um it's predominantly focused on um like people of color but and just um but like I sign up and read all that there's just such inspirational um newsletters um and it's from like a wealth of backgrounds across hospitality um and recently Lucy Doe from the Dodo Micropub she won awards through at um their award ceremony um and just the caliber of people and just the they're sort of like post award chats I was just like I just want to know more from these folks they're um yeah I think they have they have a really good mentorship mentorship program which is what um you inspired me to bring them up but yeah they're um if anyone wants to find out more or wants just even to get some nuggets of like good insight um their newsletters are worthwhile really worthwhile 
I'm sure we can probably share that in the notes as oh, well yeah. for anyone that's interested. So the show notes just are going to be a well, well <laughs> of information for this episode. Just so much info. Go and check out those show notes because they're going to have all the things in them this time around. It's going to be like an appendix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how's right, your well, uh, how's the damson sour bean joe oh, it's lovely it's like it's really fruity but then there's that touch of like just acidity that keeps it really drinkable it's lovely it's not like i mean i'm a sour drinker so i would say it's not very very sour but <laughs> it's like it's i think it's nicely like gateway sour maybe yeah 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 Oh, it's, got that, good. it's got a good balance to it. I'm enjoying it. How was yours? It's really nice. It's, uh, I mean, I, I like Saison is one of my favourite mm. beer styles. Um, and I like the full sort of gamut of like a traditional Saison, like a Saison DuPont, and then yeah. kind of maybe a mixed firm, you know, sort of layers of complexity and maybe even some acidity and all that sort of stuff. This has got a really nice balance between the two, actually. It's got oh, that nice. real dry moorish saison um appeal very belgian aroma but then it's the apricot it's like the perfect fruit for it it's like um a juicy um little bauble of um fruity fun it's delicious it works well with the beer style that's an amazing amazing description i think wildcard do fruit beers really well actually whenever i've had a fruit beer it's been good stuff yeah, we were very lucky to have their um, Nipa Land event at Mother Kelly's Bethnal Green on Thursday. Ooh, just got yeah, and they made um, they made four collabs with um, Baron Avzek, Avex. Oh, I always say that wrong. Avex, Avex, yeah, Avex, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Dig Brew and Attic, um, and it was like Nipas aren't normally my style. Um, I prefer. I just don't know. I think it's the thickness of them mm. and the lack of bitterness. Because I'm, I'm West Coast is the best coast is my motto. <laughs> but uh, saying that, um, the, the beers were really tasty. And I I did drink, like, I had a third of each. And then I revisited some. And I was like, oh, dear, please don't like Nipahs now because you already <laughs> like all the styles. Um, you like trying like, to find something like, you're right like that time. I don't like it and, uh, right time right place like yeah. New England IPA can be delicious but like I, I can't have too many in one sitting and I know that's the opposite for some people that that's just yeah. what they want all the time isn't it but, I wouldn't say yeah. all the time but I would say if I'm going with IPAs I'm uh, to be fair I'm a bit biased because I'm from Boston <laughs> so it has to be a New England IPA for me like I don't <laughs> don't know any anything anything else so it's uh, the me, i have to say um, new england <laughs> the irony about a new england ipa though that the original yeast is from boddington's yeah, yeah. that that's the irony of the yeah. of the so new england funny. style anyway i just i like fruity i think for me it is like the juicy big, fruity juicy yeah like and for me that i prefer that to bitter um but I mean like saying that again like I've had amazing west coast IPAs where I've done the same where I'm like I don't like west coast IPAs <laughs> and then I'll have it I'm like oh like like elusives I'm like oh Andy yeah. no <laughs> like, you've done it again I like it uh, I think to be fair as well like, as as I've sort of grown and and sprawled out I've I've been more like yeah kind of 
any any of them I, I like so many things but like like you said it's like oh I like too many things already please I don't need to like anymore thank you <laughs> yeah I mean to be honest, take me back to how old was I I must have been like in my 19 20 year old self I was like oh don't like beer it was in my head beer was lager yeah and I found myself working in a pub and I was just like I'm surrounded by all this lager and then someone was like that's not lager that's ale and I was just like okay I'm just gonna serve this nice food and they're like you have to recommend like because I was doing silver service and it was like a really nice fuller's pub in North London and had a lot of history and a lot of like um famous people coming in so I was like okay well I'll start recommending these beers with the like the duck and this like boccaccini and whatever um but then they were like encouraging me to try the beers I was like oh this is gonna just taste like my head was carling what Mm -hmm. carling tasted like um and then I tried everything and it was so delicious and I was like oh and that was yeah that was the downhill I guess but now looking back it's an uphill but yeah just um so weird like all my friends just because they we drink in that pub before when we were you know before I went to uni and then they saw me working there and now they see me working in beer it's just yeah it's a little bit of um, a crazy story that um I love beer so much when I was like <laughs> no it's like Whereas that thing that it goes back full circle and it's like, uh, you know, you start at like lager and then you've gone all the way around all everything else and you come back to lager again. And I've yeah. just been finding that like recently I've been, I'll see like a really interesting lager on and I'll be like, oh yes, like can't wait to have that <laughs> over. Like I used to just absolutely love just New England IPAs and like that, that kind of like dippers and those. And then it's like, oh, I think I've maybe hazied myself out. And now I will take like a really interesting lager, which I never thought that I would do in my life. <laughs> I think like the thing, the thing with New England IPAs, which people don't think about, like the continued iteration of them, which Joe Joe's probably discovering, is that like technology has played a massive part. You know, like oh, bio yeah. hops, for example. Yep. Like that's a huge part in kind of the New England IPA movement. So, like, actually, what what's quite exciting about New England IPAs that we have come to know now um, over their journey is that it's actually kind of gone along with technology. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and I find that as someone who loves beer history and kind of uh, and, and other things like really interesting, like we're living in that moment where technology is really impacting the the beer styles and flavors that we get to try oh it's been so lovely talking to you ladies oh we kept you way longer than we we meant thank you thank you you both (laughs) thank you both for coming on and for and for sticking with us yeah it's been so lovely Um, open invitation again open invitation come back whenever you would like just let us know or you know we'll be like where do you so joe where are you based and tori where where are you based so I'm down in Kent, um, Kent. near Canterbury. and I'm in Berkshire. Yeah. Berkshire. I'm, yeah. I'm near yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Reading, but working in London. We're such, we're such a 
you came up here yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and I was just trying to work out because I do I, on my bucket list which sounds like a weird bucket list but I, I've always wanted to do the Kent Green Hop Festival <gasps> do I was meant down. to go with I, I was it. meant yeah. to go this last time but it got it was either cancelled or postponed or something wasn't it when I was, yeah. it was on this it was on this year but it was quite small um yeah imagine it probably yeah the you know yeah, with pandemic kind of yeah the, pandemic stuff but yeah, next I might year. try and yeah, yeah, come down next year because that's it. like uh, it happens along the road for me. So I go, and, I, I go, I go to Kent and I go, Jerem, stay in at your house. Thanks, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, ladies, we're gonna let you have the rest of your evening back. <laughs> We've taken up enough of your time. Thank you so much for <laughs> coming and joining us. It was a delight. Oh, good, so nice. Thank you both. Yeah, thank you so much. Really um, gutted that I'm <laughs> ill and I can't actually drink the beer. I was gonna say because you're really, you're really gonna like it. It's all right. I, you when you're better. I was getting FOMO, but also that was not a dramatic cough that I threw in there just to be like, ah, ah, I'm sick. Um, that just came out. But yeah, I it, I was getting FOMO, but it makes me look forward to drinking it even more when I don't have a bang in migraine and yeah. congestion because I want to be able to take in all the. All the delicious flavors. Yeah, it's good. And as Tash said when we weren't recording just now, like you've got to do some self-care and make sure you look after yourself. Um, and then it'll just be all the more delicious when you get it later Absolutely. on. Absolutely. I was gutted because I was like, I, I the thing is, this is like the show must go on. And I was like, <laughs> I feel a bit crap. I had the morning off from work because I was not not great. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm feeling better. Go, go, go. Like we can do this. And actually I'm happy I did because it was a really good, it was just a really fun conversation. It was a really nice conversation. It's always lovely to like speak to Jules and getting to speak to Tasha was like really great as well. So um, like, like, like she said, we kind of seen, you know, you see each other online, but you don't really get to have like a proper conversation. So it was really nice getting to have like a proper conversation and be able to say like, oh yeah, Crafty Beer Girls has been pretty great yeah um and and I do want to go to a meetup but every time that there's like a meetup being held I'm like oh I do want to go to that and then I look at my calendar and I'm like oh it's the one night that I can't do it <laughs> so one day one day it'll happen that's a goal for 2023 um, for me we'll manifest all the best things for crafty beer yeah. girls and hot you... hideout and for me to get to go to a yeah. meetup <laughs> and if you are a woman or you identify as a woman um we'll put the, sh- the link to the Facebook group in the show notes to join crafty beer girls if you haven't already um it's a brilliant resource it's a really positive space and like as we've said it it's been really instrumental in the things that we've done um so it was really lovely to have them on and jules is amazing tasha's amazing so good to have them on open invitation as always to come back absolutely we could do a whole crafty beer girls specific conversation like i'd be happy to do that we could go to a meetup and be like let's have a chat um but yeah and i think the one mistake we made is we didn't ask them to plug any of their things but we will we were too deep in the conversation but we will put the the show notes the links to it and i know like there is specifically you know hot pied up for example there is like a calendar of events we can link you to and yeah yeah. buy some beer online from Hot really Pie great Dale. selection check out indie beer feast and get your tickets so you can go next year maybe we'll be awesome. there <laughs> we might be there you might get to meet us if you do we haven't done hi. our planning yet maybe we we'll haven't. be there <laughs> all of the things will be in the show notes um tori if people 
want to um I don't know what do if they, they want to praise me? me for yeah. just being but looking after yourself, that rock and, rock and roll lifestyle <laughs> that moment of self-care where can they talk to you yeah if you want to if you want to admire my rock and roll lifestyle drinking a tea and a <laughs> and a water while everyone else is drinking an amazing stout uh yeah you can find me on instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism or at gmail at adventures and optimism at gmail.com or you can email the podcast at a woman's brew podcast at gmail.com or find us on instagram at a woman's brew on instagram and you are going to get one of the two of us and it will be a fun mixed bag of who you're going to get because we don't even know it's just whoever's available and sees it first yeah whoever gets it first whoever's got connection whoever's not busy. <laughs> whoever's whoever's not working in a place that has no signal That's me. um or yeah just yeah luck, lucky dip take a lucky yep. dip uh joe if people want to talk to you where can people talk to you come talk to me at my beer school which is love beer learning and you can find us on uh, you can find us find me at love beer learning because it is me it is i love beer learning it is um, i <laughs> <laughs> and love beer learning is on facebook instagram twitter tiktok and pinterest i'm usually on instagram or tiktok um come find me there you can also look at my website, which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk, or you can email me lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. Um, you're going to go drink your tea. I'm going to go drink oh, some Oh, my tea is long gone. I'm going to go top up my water. You Thank you for putting that in my face. And I've just had this visual when it. you said, it. it is I. I just pictured <laughs> someone like uh, stealing your Instagram and going, it is I, Joanne. <laughs> You have won a contest. <laughs> That's going to be, look out for that message. We do need to work out. It is out, not like, going to be Joanne. <laughs> I think there was something I said the other day to you and I was just like, oh no, that sounded like a, I've been kidnapped. <laughs> I can't remember what it was I said now. Anyway. <laughs> well, you definitely didn't say it is I, Joanne. No, it wasn't. <laughs> On that note. On that note. Cheers. cheers.